Hi, I'm Chuck Whittall with Unicorp. And I'm Alexi Fonseca with Unicorp. <laughs> and uh, we're here doing this week's uh, episode of Chuck Chat. And I wanted to do this week about how do you get into real estate? I get phone calls and yes. emails all the time and everybody's always saying, can you, Mr. Whittall, a lot of young people, can you tell me how you got into real estate? And, and you know, how did you start your career? And I, I take phone calls and do emails. And I thought it'd be good to do a Chuck chat where we talk about this business of real estate that we're in and, and how do we do yeah. it? I get those questions all the time. And actually yesterday I met someone for coffee who's interested in getting in this business, but not young. I mean, this is like a second career path for them, but they've just lost their job due to COVID and they see what we're doing on LinkedIn and wanted to meet and talk about, you know, how, how I got into real estate and how can they get into real estate. So I get those questions a lot too. It's not easy. Uh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I didn't formally go to college, but there's a lot of education in real estate. When I look back at my career, you know, I've got my pool license, I got my general contractor's license, I got my real estate salesman's license, and I got my broker's license. So there's been a lot of education, but it really started off simply by, you know, the very first real estate deal I did, I bought a $13,000 home, bought a $13,000 home, and I went in and ripped out the carpet and got a paintbrush and I was painting the house and I was down at the nursery buying plants, putting in plants and remodeling that house so I could sell it. Right. And I did sell it. I sold it and made not a lot of money, maybe $10,000 off it. Right. It was my first real estate deal. When you buy something and you sell it and you make a profit and say, I made 10 grand, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it's on to the next deal. It's uh, It was more organic the way you felt you kind of fell into into it. Um, was it intentional? Like, did you intend to get into real estate? You know, when I was when you, um, when you bought that house, uh, uh, when I was a little boy, when I was in the Boy Scouts, I was uh, 12 or 13 years old. And I think I was 13 and I was getting dropped off for one of my scout meetings. And this guy had this silver Mercedes up front. And I looked at that car and I said, Wow, that's a really cool car. How do you get a car like that? And I remember the guy said, get into real estate. Oh, and really? I think he planted a seed that yeah. grew. So and, subconsciously, uh, it kind of led you that way. And <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I did this first real estate deal. And then I bought another foreclosure home. And then I bought another and another. And uh, and I remember one of the houses, I think I made $25,000 mm -hmm. off of. And it's still, even today, it's a good business. So people will call and say, well, how do you get into it? Well, even today with COVID, you know, people are losing their homes and where somebody's loss can be somebody else's gain. Right. And you could buy that house, you could fix it up and you can sell it and make a profit. Right. And even though they're, they're baby steps, I've had 30 years of baby steps mm -hmm. and you, know, you just keep going up and up and up. And right. before you know it, you're at the top of the building. And um, so I did foreclosures for a long time. And then after foreclosures, I wanted to get in the building because I thought, well, I've done so many of these. And so I went and I got my contractor's license and got in the building. And then uh, I built my first house and I sold a bunch of houses off that because I did a good job. And, you know, that's the one thing aside from just real estate, 
as you know, it's about relationships. Right. It's about doing a good job. It's about giving it your best. And, you know, like, for instance, how did you, you get into well, brokerage? Well, so, and I was going to say, I mean, you know, residential real estate is, is just so different from commercial real estate, right? But, I mean, it has kind of the same general idea, but I would say commercial real estate is even more relationship-driven, and relationships are so extremely important because that's how, and the networking that we all do, that's how we get to the next deal. We find out about the next opportunity in town before it even becomes available. You find about new tenants that are looking in the market before it's not even announced, like White Castle. You know, we got White Castle here and Portillo's. I mean, that wasn't, you know, huge news that they were looking, you know, in Orlando. Only if you were in the industry, you knew that sort of information. But, um you know, with me, obviously, you know, it was, it was super organic. I, I met you when I was 18 working at the executive airport and you used to fly out of there. And I thought to myself, I'd love to work for that company someday. I want to fly on that plane one day is literally what I thought. And I used to just, you know, it's a customer service girl at the airport. And I had, I was 18. I had Adrian and he was a newborn at the time. And, you know, years later, I kept in touch with your pilot, Rich Belton. And I was working at the mall. I had worked at Neo Marcus, Victoria's Secret, and now I was at Bloomingdale's. So it's funny because I've always been in retail um, without really thinking too much about it. Um, and that, that would lead me into the career that I'm, that I'm going into now. But um, Rich called and said, you know, hey, kid, he's like, they're hiring over at Unicorp if you want a job. And I really wanted a mom job because I had just had Isabella. She was only a year old and mall hours are really hard hours. And so when I joined Unicorp, it was not about getting in development or commercial real estate. I didn't know what I was really getting into. I just wanted a mom job. I wanted office hours. And, you know, I got that job and it led into learning all about development and then from development, getting into project management when we started going down to Miami for the Walgreens and Wawa's. Um, and then, you know, and then I got my real estate license and luckily Amy, you know, had me help her lease out West Side Shops. And that's when I knew. And, and you know, I had been with the company at that point, uh, eight years. So I'd been in development with you for eight years, but real estate, the real estate side of it and commercial real estate and being in brokerage really had not landed in my lap until, you know, four or five years ago. Um, and I realized, I remember the first time I did a deal and it was the nail salon at Westside Shops and we got it done in two weeks. I thought, oh my gosh, I want to do this the rest of my life. <laughs> I was like, this was like, it was so much fun to me and to talk to business owners and, and to help them create, you know, their business idea and sign a lease and how excited they are about, you know, their future. Um, so I knew then, so it was very organic for me. I had, I didn't go to college. I didn't, you know, I didn't really, you know, I learned it very organically by well, working here and working in it. And it's all about learning and it's all about doing your best learning and and you all have heard Alexi Fonseca is going to go work with Colliers and I'm very yes. happy for her. Yes. And I wish her a great career over there. And she's going to continue leasing and uh, doing the things that she's been doing here yeah. and, and just doing it at a different place. And, yeah. and one, uh, one week left here. <laughs> making, making a change in her career. But, you know, like even with Alexi moving on, it's all about relationships. And yeah. we're going to maintain our relationship. We've been close for 12 and a half years. And even longer. I've known you for 18 years. 18 years. You've been an important <laughs> part of my life. And you've done great here at the company. Thank you. And, you know, but just like you got into it and didn't expect to be doing what you're doing today, but it's all about giving your best. It's all about sales as well. You know, everything even I do is sales mm -hmm. and to sell well, you have to make people like you. You have to make people want to do business with you and you have to show people you're competent to do business with. Right. And you know, I just had a meeting this morning that uh, a deal that we got a phone call, Chuck, we'd like to put this deal in front of you. It's an off market deal. It's a phenomenal location. And now the owner's flying in town to meet with me next week. And you get those by doing a good job. You're always judged 
by the past. Right. Whatever your you've portfolio, done, what you've done. You Absolutely. Know, you're only as good as what you did yesterday. Yeah. And, and keep and maintaining those relationships. You yeah. Know, and, you got to keep people on your good side. It is. It's important to maintain relationships. Don't burn bridges because you will need to recross those bridges. Right. right. And I can't tell you how many times that uh, I've had tenants where a deal has gone sideways, but we maintain a good relationship with the tenant and a year later you're doing a deal with that person right and so it's it's really important to to maintain those relationships and in this business um everybody knows everybody in the real estate business yeah. and even when i started off building homes everybody knew everybody because people were looking at different homes and they would talk to different people and say how is this guy is he a good builder did he come back and do the repairs did he do what right. he was supposed to and you're building a reputation from the very first thing right. you do from the very first foreclosure house that you sell and someone calls you up and says my kitchen sink isn't working properly it's whether you come back and you take care of that and mm -hmm. they say wow he was a good guy so when you do the next one and someone says do you have any references say yeah i can tell you about miss smith i sold the last house to right and you really have to build your your reputation from the ground up and i just read something from uh warren buffett yesterday who said you can spend a lifetime building a reputation and you can destroy it in five minutes and yeah, so that's true. You, you got to think about Absolutely. that. You, you know, you're as good as what you did yesterday. Right. And this market, you know, Orlando, I mean, we, we build throughout, you know, throughout the U S really. But if you look at the market that we're mainly in, which is central Florida, it's, it's, it's a big market. It's a big industry, commercial real estate, but it's a small market. And so everybody's connected and interconnected. So you have to treat every person right because that person's connected to somebody else who you may need for the next deal. Um, and, and even though central Florida is a big area, it's small because everybody knows everybody. Exactly. I mean, and, everyone's connected. And then it's, it's even <laughs> national. Yeah. You know, when we go to ICSC, everybody knows everybody across the United States mm -hmm. because our business, as big as retail is, it's a small business of the players who really make it happen. Right. So everybody knows everybody. But kind of going back a little further, you know, like I said, people ask me all the time, well, how do you get this? So I did foreclosure homes and then I um, uh, built uh, custom homes. And then I decided I wanted to get out of that business because the home building business is an emotional business. Mm -hmm. You buy your house and it's very personal to you. Yes. And you're dealing with people's marriage problems and they fight over a kitchen and they, they <laughs> you're involved in people's lives when you're building houses. You know, is this the right room for their kids? Is it, you know, is the family room big enough? Right. And, you know, then and you were custom home building. I was so custom home building. And, you know, if a wife had a fight with her husband and she'd come out to the job, she'd tell me, I don't like that guy. I don't even know why we're building this house. And, <laughs> and I was like, I would hear everybody's stories because I had 20 houses going at a time. Right. And the things that I would come across and hear, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to do this forever. Right. It was a good business. But I realized I wanted to get out of the home building business and get into a non-emotional business. Mm -hmm. And I thought commercial real estate was non-emotional. It's kind of emotional sometimes because I just had a phone call where I had to scream at someone who's not right. paying us right. and should be paying us. But um, it's it's a true business business where you you have accounting, you have construction, you have um, engineering, you have architecture, you have property management. It's right. it's putting a lot of disciplines together. But the way I got started in this business was once again I decided I'm leaving home building. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go get my real estate sales license. And I spent, uh, you know, a few weeks going through the course right. and I had it And one year to the day later, I got my broker's license. But during that time, I learned a lot about this business. I, I drove around the entire market. I would call every single sign that had a phone number on it. 
and just to get educated. I would drive literally Lake Mary, Winter Park, Altamont, uh, Kissimmee, mm -hmm. calling every sign there was saying, how much is your property? It's for lease. It's a ground lease. Well, how much is the ground lease? And I would right. get that number. Oh, it's for sale. Then I would make relationships with tenants. Are you interested in being in the central Florida market? Oh, I know of a property because I remember this one in Winter Park. Right. And I started making deals with my salesman's and broker's license, putting buyers and sellers together and putting tenants on land. Right. And that's, you know, the year later I went into development and built yeah. my first but strip center. Like on that tool that you're saying, like you, you actually got on the road and you drove and you, you canvassed markets just by looking around, but you're like a human map. Like somebody tells you of a, of a location, like you have already been to that site and, and you can, I can literally see you visualize it. Sometimes you're like, oh yeah, and there's a, there's a Popeye's on that corner. And so like, it's because you've, you've driven all of these markets and that's what people that are getting in this business now need to do. They need to know their market, like, you know, back and forth, all the tenants that are in that market so that they don't make the mistake of calling on a sign for a tenant that's already in the market, which happens so often. So you really need to like, the first step is know your real estate, know your, your city that you're, yeah. that you're going to be marketing. Don't be stupid. You know, um, get on the road. You, you can't call Chick-fil-A and say, are you interested in being in the market? And they're already there. And they're already there. Cause and, you're not going to get a, a good response from that broker, you and, know? <laughs> and uh, like you said about the human map, I get lost all the time. I'm terrible with directions, but I remember where I've been. Yeah. And it is important to know. And one lesson I learned early on in my career, I was doing a deal and uh, there was already Publix in the market. And so I didn't call Publix. And then I learned Publix went on another site next door because they had an old location. Wow. So sometimes so you, you learn about relocations. So sometimes like this deal we have in Sarasota, even though Chick-fil-A is directly across the street, you can still call them. But you need to know when you call that they're there, that they're there. and you call up and say, hey, Chick-fil-A, I know. You're directly across the street from the site we have, but you seem to have a small location. Would you be interested in moving across the street, having something a little larger to service right. your customers? Or you're so busy, would you want to do a second store in the market? Right. So it's 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 true. You have to understand your market. I would and, I would say that's the first tip, right? For anyone getting in the business, you have to understand your market. Like yeah. you need to get out there and drive. You can't do it on Google Earth. A lot of people do that nowadays. They just drive markets on Google Earth. Like you need to actually get in a car and drive the market. Yeah, because you need to see if there's vacancy, call. How much are they asking for the lease on it? Understand right. what the rates are. If there's not vacancy, understand why it's a good market. Mm -hmm. And the big key that uh, is, is really the start of it is getting up early. Yeah. You know, people, if you sleep in, you're not going to be successful. Right. What time do you get up? This morning I was up at 6 a.m. Yesterday I was up at 4.45. Yeah. Uh, usually I go to bed at 11.30 to 12 and I get up between 4.30 and 5.30 every day. I read a statistic that says the most successful people wake up before 5.30 in the morning, which, you know, I know you wake up super early and I used to, I get up between 5.30 and 6, sometimes 6.30, depends on what I've got planned for my day. But I wish I could sleep I feel in. so much more productive when 10 o'clock hits and I've been up for so many hours. <laughs> uh, yesterday I was in the office uh, early uh, just before maybe 7.30 and at 10 o'clock, I'm like, wow, I still have two more hours right. before noon and I've already done a lot. I right. did. I did four or five performance that early in the morning and it's your most productive time of the day. Right. That's Sharpest. why in the military, they get up early and they do their drills and everything early. It's the most productive time of the day. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand that if you want to be successful, I mean, I don't know how to sleep in. I wish I did. I go on vacation. I still get up early and it drives me nuts. I wish I could sleep in and 
I'll roll over and look at the clock and it'll say 5.45 and I'm like, oh, why can't I sleep in? And then I'm up and my mind starts to think. Yeah. And that's what I do. Or if I get on the treadmill in the morning, I start to plan out my day right. to know what I'm going to do. And it's still important for anybody. I don't care if you're 50 years old and you say, I haven't made it yet. And what do I need to do? You know, you need to get up and you need to start doing it. Right. And if you want to do it in our business, you have to learn the business. And I'm talking about the growth in the business. So, yeah, I started off with my first little strip center in Winter Park. Mm -hmm. But... So how did I get educated to know to do a strip center in Winter Park? I told you I was driving around calling signs. Right. Well, there was a sign in Kissimmee, and uh, it was a restaurant for sale, closed-down restaurant. And um, the guy who owned it was a guy named Brett Hutchins, Don Castle organization. Right. Mm -hmm. And I called him up, and I said, can I sell this building for you? And uh, he got convinced that I was aggressive. He said, sure, Chuck. And uh, I went and found him a buyer, uh, Sam Seltzer Steakhouse, and made, I can't remember, 50-something thousand dollar commission on it. Well, I got to know Brett pretty well, and I was getting interested in the business because I had not developed yet. And he told me he was buying the Winter Park Mall, and it was the old Winter Park Mall right. that needed to be demolished. And so he um, told me he's going to put P.F. Chang's there, who I didn't even know who they were, Cheesecake Factory, and all these different tenants, and it sounded really cool. And I thought, wow, he's going to reshape you know, the Winter Park right. strip there. And, and I grew up there. So what I do, I got my car and I drove to Winter Park and there was a Hertz uh, rental car. And um, it was on the corner of um, Gay Street and 1792. Mm -hmm. And I called him and I said, uh, do you guys want to sell this property? And they said, yeah, actually we do. And they were selling it for like 400,000 bucks. And I bought it and I built my first strip center on it. And then I went and uh, wrote a contract to buy the piece of property across the street. It was uh, a cafeteria, uh, the old, um, you know, they used to have the Morrison's cafeterias. And they poured the slab and they abandoned it. And I called the guy who owned the shopping center at the Kmart. And I said, do you want to sell it? And he said, yeah, I'll sell it for a million dollars. And I said, okay. So I put down 50 grand. Did you Is have a million dollars at the time? Uh, no, I am close to it. And um, <laughs> so I, I wrote a contract for a million dollars, but I did have 250 grand. That's what I built up okay. to that point in my career 20 years. 20 years ago, I had 250 grand. Wow. And, um, and so I put down 50 grand and I didn't have the means to close on this million dollar deal. Mm -hmm. So I went and I found a buyer for it and it was Hops Brewery and they don't exist anymore. But so I set up the closing date that Hops would close the same day that I was supposed to close. So I had the seller in one room at uh, my attorney's mm -hmm. office and I had the buyer in another room and I was in the third room. And so we all closed at the same time and I made 250,000 bucks in one day. That's great. And neither one of them knew that I was in the middle of a transaction right. Right. who the buyer was. And so I did that. And then I wrote a contract to buy the cheek to cheek lounge for 2 million bucks, I think it was. And I made a deal with Eckerd to put Eckerd Drug on that corner. And then I bought the Arby's next door, Hardy's next door, Hardy's restaurant. And so I developed all these properties out and, you know, a year. But all because you knew that that, that Brett Hutchins was redeveloping or doing that Winter Park Mall. And I knew, so that was intel that you had by I, the connection And I knew that. from driving around getting to know people. Mm -hmm. And exactly. the funny thing, years later, um, I ended up buying a shopping center from Brett that we own at Lakewood Ranch. Oh, okay. The Walmart Center. Yeah. Um, you know, they ran into some tough times and I was actually the buyer and uh, bought from them. But Brett will tell you the story today and a lot of people in our real estate business know the Casto organization. Mm -hmm. Brett will tell you today I made more money off the Winter Park Mall than he did because I went and bought everything across right. the street. Yeah. And um, But that's how I started. Little deals. 
And then I did another one and another one. Right. And the little deals started to add up. And then I made the relationship with Eckerd and started doing a bunch of Eckerd drugs. Mm -hmm. And then they sold and I made a relationship with Walgreens. Mm -hmm. And during that time, selling the drugstores, I would reinvest the money into a little bit bigger strip center and then a little bit bigger. And then I met a guy, uh, I can't remember how I met him, but named Jock Spears. And Jock was a nice guy, a really rich guy, old guy. And I came across the property on Sand Lake Road where the fountains is, which was my first big deal. It was a 20 plus million dollar deal. And I had to put 5 million bucks down. And the fountains, for anybody listening, this is uh, Sand Lake Road Restaurant Row. Was it Restaurant Row at the time? No, at that time, Sand Lake Road, where the fountains was, where the Publix is across the street, and where our office, the Lashu, is, mm -hmm. were all orange groves. Really? Okay. And and so the only thing here... Because now it's like the famous Restaurant Row. Yeah. That people know in Orlando. And the only thing here was uh, the marketplace. And so I wanted to buy it, but in order to do this deal, it was going to take $5 million, mm -hmm. and I didn't have that. And Jock Spears... Uh, who I met through, I can't remember, I met him somehow, but he liked me and he knew I was a hard worker. And I asked him to invest 5 million bucks with me and 50-50 partner. And he did. And years, years, years later, you know, we, we, Jock uh, ended up getting sick and had to get out of the deal, but he doubled his money plus made a return the whole time. Mm -hmm. And from that deal was, um, and I know this is going on, so I'm going to try to wrap it up quickly, but um, was Disney World saw the fountains right and they really liked it and said they contacted us right. and said would you be interested in doing celebration and that and so we did water tower at celebration mm -hmm. and then that deal was a nice deal and the people from disney left and went to baldwin park and asked me would i be interested in developing baldwin park mm -hmm. and i said of course and so we did the baldwin park town center and then from baldwin park we did the altamont town center and then i did a big giant one in virginia and, you know, it just, it you, just, can, it just continues you, you can see it, it kind of snowballed. So like, if we had to give, like, what would you say are your like top five piece of, pieces of advice for someone, you know, just getting started, getting out of college? I mean, like for me, I would say like find a mentor. I think that's super important. And I had you as a mentor and that's, that's where, I, that's why I've ended up where I'm at today and where I'm going because I had a mentor. I think that's important. What would you say? For I, I, I would say, I don't know if it's five or how many things I'll think of, but, um, I would say one is get up early. Right. Two is is get educated uh, in two ways. I would get educated by driving markets, mm -hmm. but get educated going to real estate school. You hear stories in the real estate school that I just enjoyed my time in the class. Right. The instructor would tell great stories. So, you know, get your license. You can do um, podcasts. That's another way of educating Listen to yourself. Podcasts. You can do, um, do, do webinars. Do an internship. We right. intern people here all the time. And after they've interned here, they've decided, wow, I want to be in the real estate mm -hmm. business. Yeah. And, and then uh, I would say make connections. Get to know people. Show up at events. Show up at networking. Get to know people. Become a common face. Yeah. And be competent. Make sure you know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, I think uh, 100%, like my number one tool for me and what makes me successful at, at what I do is networking. A hundred percent. I mean, you, you've got to network. You've got to be friends with everybody. You've got to have those relationships, call regularly and keep in touch with people, take them out for coffee, take them out for lunch, plan happy hour events or networking events that brings, you know, all the different people, tenants and brokers and landlords and developers all together. Um, because if you're that key person bringing people together and when they have something new, they come to you with that. Um, and, so and, I think that's super duper important. And, and one thing you do, one thing I do, one thing I've learned and, uh, I, I taught myself this, but if you want to be successful, do what successful people do. Be around successful people. Yeah. If you see someone doing something and they're successful, 
pay attention to what is that person doing mm -hmm. and why is that person successful. And so if you're around successful people and you mimic successful people, you'll be successful. And it's true the other way too. If you're around people who aren't successful, people who aren't doing things with their life, you probably won't as well. So hang around people and do the things that you see people doing in which you wanna do. Right. And, and you know, there's that old saying, think and grow rich and really think about it, make relationships, do those things and you'll be successful. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I wanna do a series coming up of um, podcasts called Winning. And I'm gonna bring people in, like I talked to uh, my friend John Morgan last night. He's the number one personal injury attorney in, in yeah. probably the world. And I'm gonna bring people in like John next week to say, what are your secrets of success? What have you done? What is your winning prescription right. to make you win and come out on top? Yeah. And so we're gonna start talking about that next week. Great and idea. Lexi, I wish you all the success with Thank Collier's. You. I'm gonna Thank you. Thank Get you. Get off Oh, no, don't be. Off the we're still going to be in each other's lives. I know. All the time. And we're still going to miss I'll miss having you here. I know. I'll miss you too. So, Bye. anyhow, thank you all. <laughs> See you next week. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.